0: Branches are like flying everywhere and I guess they're just scared of getting hit. The destruction left behind after a water spout put parts of the lower mainland on a rare tornado watch, forcing traffic shutdowns. Plus. It's a very expensive process, um, but it is also confusing. The changes Canadian travellers like this woman, whose boyfriend is in the U.S., are pushing for hours ahead of the border reopening and.
1: Give us what we need to do our
2: job safely
0: worker worries after another tugboat close call at the spot the same company's vessel sank killing two men
1: You're watching Global BC This is Global News Hour at 6
0: Good evening, and thanks for joining us. Environment Canada may still be trying to determine whether an actual tornado touched down in Vancouver last night, but there was no debate among those who were literally caught up in the storm that they say had them fearing for their lives. Kamil Kermali has a look at the destruction left behind in the storm's wake.
3: A relaxing day at the Lynx turned frantic when what looked like a tornado tore through the golf club near UBC. It
4: definitely felt like a movie.
3: Lillian Lee's father, Shae Song, was at the driving range and filmed this video. Hail pelted down, branches and debris whipped through at dangerous speeds, while he watched the potentially lethal funnel cloud spiral towards him. yeah kind of flying, kind of flying.
4: Yeah, like branches were like flying everywhere, and I guess they are just scared of getting hit.
3: Many ducked for cover, fearing for... There's already some like logs like this big like flying around, so I was pretty terrified, right? I, I would like everybody was pretty shocked. It only lasted a couple of minutes. But the chaos and cleanup that followed the next day seemed endless. The strong winds completely uprooting some large trees. They fell on signs, they fell on cars, they even fell on power lines and people say with trees as large as this getting knocked down it's an absolute miracle that no one was hurt. I would never think that I'm able to see something like this in Vancouver. Some trees taller than 20 meters flattened like twigs, one of them falling on top of this car. Luckily no one was inside, downed power lines and blocked roadways, most of it along University Boulevard.
0: We've had to reroute some of our buses to and from UBC, so University Boulevard here is close to traffic
3: because of the fallen trees. Never saw that before. Environment Canada says a tornado touched down over the ocean near the airport around 5 p.m. Saturday, startling travelers. But there are still questions on whether a tornado touched down on land.
1: We need to see that the the funnel of the tornado was touching the ground and that there is some uh, rotational damage on the ground.
3: Meteorologists will continue their investigation to determine whether this can actually be labeled as a tornado, a rare occurrence for the lower mainland.
1: Over the water, water spout tornadoes are somewhat common. We see them every year over the open water. However, for there to be a tornado that makes it onto land on the west coast of bc here is
3: quite rare but one that thankfully left no one hurt
5: and that it it didn't hurt anyone to him it's he's really thankful yeah
3: university boulevard is set to open by noon monday but with similar strong winds set to hit the southern coast on the same day there's concern more chaos will follow soon after kamal karmali global news
0: and a much different story in Whistler, where a storm is creating ideal conditions for skiers and snowboarders. A special weather statement has been issued for Whistler. Heavy snow has been falling in the region today, and Environment Canada predicts between 10 and 20 centimeters of snow is expected to fall by Monday morning. And that is not the only B.C. region where travelers should be watching for heavy snowfall. And for more on that, we go to meteorologist Yvonne Shell. So Yvonne, a word of caution for motorists here.
6: Yeah, and the heaviest snowfall will be for this evening. It'll ease off overnight tonight. A quick shot of what it looks like on the camera from Drive B.C. for the sea-to-sky areas near Squamish. We'll still see 5 and up to 10 centimeters, but it's Whistler near the village. That's where we could see anywhere between 10 and 20. Here's a shot of what it looks like along the Allison Pass and the Coca That where we do have a snowfall warning that is in effect between up to 15 centimetres. So here's what we're anticipating, especially for this evening. The heaviest snowfall will be for tonight. Do check in with drivebc.ca for the latest road conditions, but it's the Coquihalla, 10 and up to 15 centimetres. Most of the other mountain passes, 10 and up to 15. It'll ease off to flurries overnight, much calmer as we get in through the day. However, the next weather maker and storm is going to pack a punch. We do have a special weather statement. The winds are going to ramp up. This will be Monday leading in towards our Tuesday. More on the timeline and which areas will get hardest hit coming up very shortly. Important information. Thanks, Yvonne. And now to a date that many
0: Canadians have been looking forward to. The reopening later tonight of the U.S. border to fully vaccinated visitors for non-essential trips. But as Grace Key reports, many British Columbians are having to factor in the cost of the PCR tests needed for their return to Canada.
7: On Thursday, Rob Whittowson will be crossing the border to Sumas to check out property he hasn't seen in almost two years. But his wife and two kids won't be joining him.
5: Once we kind of priced out the PCR test, uh, we can't afford it. You know, who, who could? Spend an extra thousand dollars. Hopefully, the government comes to their senses here in the next uh, few weeks.
7: Starting at nine Sunday evening Pacific time, the U.S. will be opening its borders to fully vaccinated Canadians. But traveling back and forth, understanding requirements for both countries, the different rules for land and air, and how unvaccinated children fit into all this will be confusing. It's going to be pretty messy, and ideally, the U.S. and Canada will figure out how to align our
8: standards and it's not to say use the same systems but you know let's let's be a little bit more aligned in our standards so that the average traveler doesn't have to do quite so much sort of navigating these new systems.
7: Blair McCutcheon's boyfriend gets free COVID tests at an American pharmacy when he comes north to see her. Now it's her turn, but with increased travel, she's worried she won't get the test results in time to re-enter Canada.
4: So the results, they say, are an estimated 24-hour turnaround time, but the issue is that now he almost missed his cutoff. His his last test came in an hour before he was supposed to leave. So obviously the number of tests have increased significantly with an after November 8th, I don't even want to know. How, how hard it's going to be to
8: get a test.
7: Chat groups are buzzing with ways for Canadians to get these free PCR tests.
8: One thing we've seen in our border community is those tests aren't guaranteed to come back within that 72-hour window. And there has been instances where they haven't come back and people have been kind of stuck who were trying to use that test to enter Canada. So if you really want to know you're going to get your test in 24 to 48 hours, you sort of have to pay for it.
4: So this is going to be an experiment for us all. And I'm really excited to see what's going to happen.
0: But I'm also nervous. Very nervous.
7: Grace Key, Global News.
0: One of the Canadian land border duty-free stores is expecting an influx of traffic once the border opens. Peace Arch Duty Free says it had to destroy product and lost a million dollars in inventory during its year-and-a-half COVID closure. The family-owned business in Surrey reopened this past August when fully vaccinated Americans were allowed to enter Canada. The store says customers have been calling and emailing ahead of the border opening and the parking lot is filling up
3: coming into the store today is kind of exciting to see RV campers already sitting in our parking lot currently about five to ten cars waiting here until the border opens to be able to cross so it's kind of exciting after so long to be able to see that again after being closed for so long this feels one more step to normality Um, but I don't think we're really going to be there until the testing is removed uh, which is A big hiccup for Canadians wanting to go. I would hope that the Canadian government at least gets rid of it for just short trip.
0: Raju hopes Canadians will still cross even with the testing requirement. The border opens at 9 o'clock Pacific time tonight. Tourism industries are seeing a surge in interest as the U.S. border reopens tonight. Airbnb says the number of nights booked by foreign guests in the U.S. jumped 44 percent when the country announced it would reopen the border. Residents of Vancouver and Toronto are among the international cities showing the most interest. Popular destinations, as you might expect at this time of year, include L.A., New York and Florida. Airlines say they experience an immediate uptick in bookings when border restrictions are loosened.
4: Certainly already we are seeing that, uh, you know, people have really missed connecting Uh, or visiting favorite destinations uh, over the past year and a half.
0: And now that the opportunity specifically to return to the U.S., Canadians are very excited to do so. And after suspending its service for 19 months, the Coho Ferry will return to action tomorrow. The Black Ball Ferry line will resume round-trip service between Victoria and Port Angeles, Washington. The ferry, popular with day-trippers, has been docked since March 30th of last year. The Coho will depart Victoria's inner harbour at 10.30am and 4.30pm daily. Travellers will need to show proof of full vaccination while a negative PCR or molecular test is required to enter Canada on the trip home. The city of Prince George has now set a deadline for staff and contractors to be fully vaccinated against COVID-19. The city says all of its employees and contractors will need to be vaccinated by December 20th. The city has 671 full-time workers. The city cited lower than average vaccination rates and overstretched hospitals in Northern Health for that mandate.
4: It's very simple, it comes down to being responsible for the health and safety of our workforce as elected officials. And then beyond that, it's using our influence to keep our community safe and indeed our entire region.
3: You know, we do uh, provide important services to the community. But what's also uh, important, equally as important, is the health and safety of our workers, our employees, and our citizens that interact with those workers. So
5: uh, we hope there isn't any service disruption.
0: The city says it will accommodate employees who are unable to become vaccinated for a reason related to a prohibited ground of discrimination under the BC Human Rights Code. One person was killed in a two-vehicle collision on the Trans-Canada near Sycamus last night. Police were called to the site near Old Spalemcheen Road around 740. The crash closed the highway in both directions for hours overnight, but the road has since reopened. And a dramatic arrest was captured on dashcam in Penticton yesterday morning. Witnesses say they saw a green SUV being driven erratically before it was abandoned in the bushes beside the TD Bank at the intersection of Main Street, Skaha Lake Road and Dawson Avenue. Several police vehicles can be seen there. Then, as the car with the dashcam turns left on Camrose, you can see police surrounding a woman before she's handcuffed. RCMP have not released any details about the incident. Friends of a Kamloops woman who vanished almost one week ago are making a desperate plea for information in her disappearance, which is now being investigated by the RCMP's Serious Crimes Unit. Our report is from CFJC News.
8: Friends of Shannon White, who hasn't been heard from since Monday, November 1st, have been working tirelessly to get the word out about her disappearance.
4: Physically, i seen her on Saturday night Um, and the last time I spoke with her was on Monday morning um, at about 8 o'clock.
8: RCMP say the 32-year-old left home in her black Jeep TJ around 8 a.m. Monday, but didn't arrive for her job at a local car dealership or return to her dog, Buddy. Friends say this is out of character for White, who regularly posts on social media and stays in touch. She's honestly one of
4: the best people I've ever met. Um, I really wanted to surround myself with those kind of people, and she was one of them. Uh, she's very kind, she's very giving, she's very analytical like I am. She she really can remove herself from a situation and understand all points of view and I really, really cared about that portion of her.
8: White is part of a large community of Jeep owners in the Camloops area that go off-roading together. Friends say she loves spending time with other people and has plenty of interests.
9: Building her Jeep, going wheeling with the people that she loved to go wheeling with, um, going... Playing pool whenever she wanted. Like, she's a very social, um, intelligent woman, like, loved to read.
8: Shannon White was reported missing on Monday, November 1st. And by the morning of Wednesday, November 3rd, Canlip's RCMP confirmed they had located her black Jeep. Parked right here along the 200 block of Nicholas Street in downtown
9: Kamloops. However, police say White was not with her vehicle. We're exploring all investigative avenues. Her vehicle was seized and is being searched as part of the investigation as well.
8: Police also note when the Jeep was located, a pink flower that typically sits above her spare tire was no longer there.
9: We are concerned her disappearance is being treated as suspicious, and our serious crimes unit is investigating. Uh, One of the things, we're just looking to the public to help us find any clues that we can to help figure out uh, where she is and what happened.
8: Delana Nishaw, CFJC News. After the break, an
0: injured worker's worries.
10: Things to make this, you know, uh, industry more safer.
0: After a tugboat close call at the same spot as a previous double fatal incident. Plus... The housing assistance on the way for those hardest hit by destructive wildfires. A B.C. tugboat deckhand is sharing his concerns after a close call near the same spot where a tug owned by the same company was involved in a fatal sinking earlier this year. As Kristen Robinson reports, the union says since 2016, there have been 350 tug or barge accidents in our province, including 24 sinkings and two
9: deaths.
2: He looked up and noticed that we were headed right for the beach.
9: Irvin Joseph was working on the Cadell on November 2nd with a deckhand at the wheel during the captain's dinner break. The Wainwright Marine tugboat was towing a large barge from Kitimat to Kamano when it ran aground at Ricks Island in the Gardner Canal.
2: It's uh, definitely a scary moment, that's for sure.
9: Joseph says the captain took over and reversed off the beach, then smashed the tug into the barge to prevent it from hitting the shore.
1: We hit it. Pretty hard, so I
2: and I tightened up pretty good, and <clears throat> I believe this is where my where my injury came from.
9: The crew then made sure the tug wasn't taking on water en route to Camano.
2: This really reminded me, like of like what happened um, with uh, the accident in February.
9: Twenty-five-year-old Charlie Craig had no tug or tow training when he boarded Wainwright Marine's small tug in Janica on February 11th assigned to haul a barge from Kitimat to Kamano. The tug sank in the Gardner Canal, killing Craig and Captain Troy Pearson. The 19-year-old mate survived.
3: If it wasn't for Irving's bravery in telling his story, um, this company, others like it, will continue uh, to chase profits over the safety of their employees.
9: The union blames a lack of training for the Cadell's close call and says everyone who goes to work on the water should be properly certified.
3: This is just failure to keep a proper watch. You know, there's absolutely no reason to run aground um, when you're going in between point A and point B.
9: The TSB is assessing the incident while WorkSafe BC has launched an investigation. Wainwright Marine did not respond to Global News. Joseph, now nursing a sore neck. At home,
1: I feel, I feel too, way too uncomfortable to go back.
9: Kristen Robinson, Global News.
0: The provincial government says it's working with the Canadian Red Cross to provide housing assistance to those affected by wildfires this year. The public safety ministry says the government will provide eligible households $1,300 a month starting in December while they move to long-term housing. The financial assistance is meant to meet temporary housing needs for those who had been receiving short term accommodation support since July. The Canadian Red Cross is also helping with housing repairs, reconstruction, and cleanup. The village of Lytton and homes in several interior regions were destroyed by wildfires. This year, about $565 million was spent fighting wildfires between April 1st and September 30th when 1,610 wildfires scorched 8,682 square kilometers. And still ahead, Indigenous Veterans Day and Remembrance Day are both being marked this week as flags on federal buildings fly at full mast for the first time since late May. Plus, the urgent appeal at this solidarity rally in Vancouver to support women and girls in Afghanistan. As both Indigenous Veterans Day and Remembrance Day are marked this week, flags on federal buildings are once again flying at full mast, but not for long. The flag on the Peace Tower has been at half-mast since May 30th, following the revealing of unmarked graves of Indigenous children at former residential schools across the country. At sundown in Ottawa, the flag was raised once again. It will be lowered for remembrance services this week, then stay at full mast after that. And Monday is Indigenous Veterans Day, a ceremony at Victory Square in Vancouver tomorrow morning will be among several services held across the country, marking the important but oftentimes overlooked contributions and sacrifices of First Nations, Métis and Inuit military personnel. In solidarity with women and girls in Afghanistan, dozens of protesters stood in the rain at the Vancouver Art Gallery today with an urgent message. This
8: is an absolute
0: emergency situation Federation led by the Canadian Federation of University Women and Canadian Women for Women in Afghanistan say the aim is to keep public attention on the humanitarian crisis in that country they estimate 5 million girls are affected by a secondary school ban that's been in effect for 52 days now the protesters are pleading for an urgent global response to help those most at risk under the Taliban rule escape to safety. As we reported earlier, the requirement for a PCR test for returning Canadian travelers is proving to be a deterrent for many. But a U.S. community bordering Manitoba is looking to make the trip cheaper for vaccinated visitors. Global's Abigail Turner reports.
4: Like the phones and emails don't stop. The people definitely have the travel bug and they want to go. For Canadians eager to cross the border, Grand Forks Public Health is helping to make it a bit cheaper for tourists, offering free PCR tests for Canadian travellers.
8: We've had a lot of inquiries about people wanting to get tested. Um, They want to come down for a quick, short trip. Um, So we're just looking for opportunities to help um, be able to make that a uh, option for Canadians.
4: A negative molecular COVID-19 test is a requirement for Canadians returning to the country. The common PCR test typically ranges upwards of $200. There's so many families right now that want to travel, but then we get into the cost of the testing And you know, a thousand, two thousand dollars later, they kind of walk away. Grand Forks Public Health says their free PCR tests take between forty-eight to seventy-two hours in turnaround time.
8: But we don't want to have barriers for people to get tested. You know, regardless what their reason is, we really want to be able to. The focus is identify those positive cases.
4: Canadians can pre-register for the test ahead of time and don't need to bring
8: any specific type of ID. The option of having a no-cost test is. Is important, especially um, as cases are still going through.
4: It's just crazy the amount of people wanting to travel right now. As for where people are taking off to,
0: Jameson says Mexico and Cuba seems to be a hot spot. Abigail Turner, Global News. An Edmonton woman is warning travelers to make sure their ID on their QR code matches their passport before they board a plane. Brittany, who didn't want to give her last name, says when she tried to board her WestJet flight to Costa Rica recently, she was turned away because her documents didn't match. She recently got married and changed her name on her driver's license and health record, but not her passport. Her flight was booked under the maiden name on her passport. So
4: if your COVID-19 immunization record for Alberta is under a different name or a middle name or there's an initial that's not on the booking ID that you're using to travel,
0: you will not be able to go on an airplane right now. And I just don't think many people have that knowledge. Brittany has now applied for an emergency passport. As of October 30th, all travelers must show proof of vaccination in order to board any flights in Canada. Disturbing new details are emerging about the Travis Scott Music Festival tragedy on Friday. Video appears to show Scott continuing to perform for 37 minutes after police and firefighters responded to the mass casualty event in front of his stage. Eight people died as the crowd surged towards the stage,
11: including two teenagers. Jennifer Johnson has the latest. Flowers, candles, and cards have been placed outside Houston's NRG Center, the site of the Travis Scott's Astroworld Music Festival, where eight young people were killed when a crowd of fans surged toward the stage Friday night. I'm honestly just devastated. Scott, one of music's hottest young stars, took to Instagram. As reports surfaced, the rapper continued to perform for over half an hour, while first responders were administering CPR and picking up bodies. Videos do show Scott at one point stopping and asking security for help. Any time I can make out, you know, anything that's going on, you know, I I stop the show and, you know, help them get the help they need. But it's not the first time there's been trouble at one of Scott's concerts. He pleaded guilty to a misdemeanor in 2015 after fans jumped a security barricade at a Chicago concert. And a second misdemeanor after Arkansas police say he urged fans to rush the stage during a 2017 concert. Festival goers say Friday night's event was chaos.
5: It was just going down. People were getting trampled. It was just terrible all around.
11: Houston police are investigating whether people near the front of the stage were drugged after reports a security officer was pricked with a needle.
5: He
7: was reaching over to uh, restrain or grab a citizen and he felt a prick in his
11: neck. When he was examined, he went unconscious. They administered Narcan. He was revived. Multiple investigations are underway.
9: That's why I'm calling for an objective, independent investigation as to what went on um,
11: and and how it could have been prevented. Live Nation provided 755 security officers, in addition to over 520 Houston police officers, to handle the sold-out crowd of 50,000. But it wasn't enough to stop this tragedy. Jennifer Johnson, Global News, Washington. Coming up, the most senior rookie in the game.
12: I got back. I told the wife I'm
1: going, I'm going to Milwaukee.
0: The BC family cheering on one of their own after he was called up to the big leagues. That story is coming up later on the News Hour.
1: You're watching Global News Hour at six.
0: Right. For lower mainland standards, there's been some wild weather lately. Let's bring in meteorologist Yvonne Shell for a look at the latest. And Yvonne, I did see more rainbow photos all over social media.
6: Yeah, we had a couple there, so that was great. It was a nice break and it was much needed. And with the time change this evening, we had the sunset closer to five or 4.42. So it is going to get dark, but we'll have some bright spots, especially as we get in towards the morning. Here's a glance at what we're seeing right now. Reported out of the airport, we've got some light rainfall. Temperatures are sitting at 7 and a southeasterly wind at 15 kilometers per hour. So we'll see a few waves in there. We've even spotted a lightning strike just over the mountains and we are going to have some heavier rainfall overnight for many areas across the island. But it's this next wave and weather maker that is going to push in for tomorrow late towards the evening and leading in towards Tuesday that'll pack a punch with the winds. The precipitation on the future cast as we look in towards tomorrow morning, a bit of a brief break for many areas across Metro Vancouver. It'll be a chance for some showers and then the precipitation does start to pick up as we get in towards the evening. Heavier rainfall and then leading in towards It's Tuesday. Here's the special weather statement for winds. So Monday night and Tuesday. Southeasterly, we could see gusts closer to 110 kilometers per hour. That's closer to the water. Now, inland areas of Vancouver Island also included within this now and most areas for the inner south coast could see those gusts potentially up to 80 kilometers per hour. So that range between 60 and 80 will take us in towards our Tuesday. A heads up. Now, the northern half of the province, it's a few isolated showers. Inland could see some flurries near Terrace. It's four Nelson that will see flurries, but areas towards the south in the Peace, underneath the partly cloudy sky. Dry tomorrow and pleasant for the central interior, mix of sun and cloud. Much of the southeastern corners of the province will see wet flurries in the morning, changing over to a chance of showers. The mountain passes, higher elevations will ease off to flurries, a bit of a break in there, and much of the southern interior tomorrow will see breezy conditions with the gusts or winds, rather, potentially up to 40 kilometers per hour. Now, along the south coast, we are looking at some Uh, Some of the rain developing towards the evening, but the big weather story will be as we get in towards tomorrow night and Tuesday with very windy conditions, potentially gusts between 60 and up to 80 kilometres per hour. So a windy start to our work week, but it'll be late in the day for tomorrow. A blustery one, a stormy one will likely be on our Tuesday, a bit of a break in between systems on Wednesday so far. It's on and off rainfall. Make sure you grab that rain gear as you head out this week. Great advice. Thanks, Yvonne. A Metro
0: Vancouver CBSA officer successfully finished a cause very close to his heart today. Sachin Lati completed his greatest challenge today running 100 kilometers or more than two marathons in under 15 hours. The run to remember hit all the land border crossings from Chilliwack to YVR. Running even 5K was a struggle for Lati when he started training a year ago.
5: I feel honoured and humbled that I'm able to have the opportunity to serve uh, and serve the veteran community. It was very challenging, but nothing compared to a lot of the veterans out there. So it was uh, 100K, 15 hours, um, I'm tired for sure, and uh, sore, but I'm I'm happy, so it's good.
0: Latte raised more than $19,000 for the Royal Canadian Legion BC Yukon Command, surpassing his GoFundMe goal of $10,000 for veterans' mental health. Wow, almost doubling that goal. Congratulations, Sachin. Incredible feat there, and hopefully mm-hmm. it's the same for anyone cheering on a BC team in sports.
10: It was. That was inspiring, and the Whitecaps did it. They're in the playoffs, literally came down to the last second. Max Cropot made a season-saving save to preserve a draw and get them into the playoffs so we'll have highlights of that we'll hear from Vanny, which as we know is uh you can't miss that because he's always great and uh, we'll also mm-hmm. preview the canucks who will hope they'll score more than uh, the outscore the white caps tonight because uh, they're have been struggling in that regard they take on dallas who so will preview that as well
0: wishing them luck in that all right thanks barry also ahead breaking the shelter space stigma it's
12: a place where you can try and figure out what you're doing where you're going
0: how an arena shelter in Kamloops that's been a source of community frustration has been one man's saving grace. Stay with us. Recreational user groups in Kamloops expressed frustration with a shelter located at Memorial Arena. And that prompted the Canadian Mental Health Association to share one shelter resident's story. Mandalina Leterio of CFJC News has more.
12: Worried about what you're going to do next.
2: Ben's been living at the Memorial Arena shelter for five months. The temporary shelter has been his saving grace while he makes steps toward rebuilding his
12: life. We've all got our, our own problems that, um, you know, that occur for whatever reason, but uh, at least it's a place where you can try and figure out what you're doing, where you're going, and how you're going to get there.
2: Ben was born and raised in Kamloops, but eventually moved to Alberta to start a business that was flourishing. Six years ago, he decided to move back, but didn't have the same success. Now, jobless and homeless, the shelter has become his lifeline and the residents and staff have become his family. The Canadian Mental Health Association operates the Memorial Arena shelter. It's more than just a warm place to stay. The staff assists residents with wraparound services for mental health, gaining job skills and health
12: care. He's part of our peer program where he goes out and cleans the street and he gets paid real wage. And that is helping create some life skills for him. He can gain meaningful employment and skill that he can carry with him.
2: CMHA says the shelter is also judgment-free, which makes a noticeable impact on the mental health of its residents. It's a relief they can't find on the streets.
12: You just feel as though you're outcasted as an as a, um, individual that uh, is, isn't wanted in, in the area because of uh, his circumstances or her circumstances.
2: Although he's not earning a living wage, Ben says this shelter is giving him the comfort and support he needs to move forward.
12: You know, at least with the arena here, you can sit back, think about what you got to do, uh, who you got to see, you know, what appointments you've got to make, and and try to move on with your life instead of uh, just trying to find um, some place to sleep.
2: Amanda Lina
0: Leterio, CFJC News. Barry's back with all your sports highlights ahead and...
9: I really want uh, women's wrestling to grow in Canada and in BC. An international wrestling champion
0: from Surrey talks about her triumph despite pandemic odds. Stay with us.
1: Support Covenant House Vancouver and triple your
10: impact. Help them as their doors remain open to provide unconditional love and absolute respect for youth overcoming homelessness. Your donation today will be triple matched for youth in need. Burnaby Hospital Foundation is partnering with us at Global BC for the bright future broadcast. Tune in on November 13th at 5 p.m. right here on Global as they fundraise to transform Burnaby Hospital into a state-of-the-art
1: medical facility for all of BC. For our BC, I'm Michael Newman. If you wanna know, it's on the hub. If you wanna show, it's on the hub. If you wanna go, it's on the The global BC community hub. Navigate your now.
0: All right, during commercial break, Barry, you were filling me in on the incredible game that was the Whitecaps.
10: It was this close to going the wrong oh. way. But uh, thankfully, it went the right way. Thanks, Nithu. It was all there for the Whitecaps this afternoon. Just get a draw against Seattle. And Vancouver's in the playoffs for the first time since 2017. They have worked so hard to dig out of an early hole when they were playing their home games at Salt Lake City for the first half of the year that it would be so tragic not to get that playoff reward in front of their adoring fans at BC Place. It was a full house to over 25,000 hoping to celebrate, but a sobering start with the corner kick Christian Dahomey called for a handball in the box so it's a penalty for the Sounders and former Whitecap Freddie Montero takes it and beats Max Cropot did that probably a lot of times in training over the past few years 1-0 Sounders but credit the White caps for charging right back Brian White wins the battle in the air and it's Ryan Gauld. Who heads it into the back of the net for the equalizer? Now, White ended up getting cut over the eye, but uh, he'll spill a little blood for a goal anytime. It's 1 1. Sounders had a great chance to uh, go ahead. Once again, it's Montero, but Max Crippot a fabulous save. 1 1 at the half. Don't forget, the Caps just need a draw to get in. Early second half, Christian Gutierrez into the box. Brian White, he really is not missed at all in the second half of the season, but he missed there. It remains 1-1. Dying moments of stoppage time. Sounders looking for the win that would give them the number one seed in the West, but Kerpo battles his way to the ball to smother it. As he does, takes a bit of a kick. That spurs a big melee. Emotions running high as it turned out, the Caps needed that save to get into the playoffs, and they do the job. It's a one-one final. Vanny Sartini and the Caps headed to the postseason and a chance to celebrate with their fans. What a moment at BC Place, Vancouver, with just two losses in their final 22 matches to make it in.
12: It was fantastic. You know uh, that's the reason why we do this thing because the is to to share the a beautiful moment with the fans and to receive from them the uh, the relation and to really have a fantastic moment with them. And uh, it's also our way to thank them. If we weren't able to play here in front of our fans, uh, we wouldn't have done twenty two points at B C Place in nine
8: games. Towards the end of tonight's game you could you could really see our togetherness, everyone fighting, everyone pulling in, um to make sure we got the result that we needed to, to get through. So I think that's a, a key part of how we've managed to <clears throat> to put to put together some results. Um is you know the group everyone's willing to fight for each other and it makes such a big difference.
12: No, no, no. I wish that it's okay in two weeks because tonight we're getting so drunk that tomorrow we're not going to be able to play.
10: And we gather the celebration is going on right now. We still don't know what date or the time yet of their playoff game, but they know it's going to be at Sporting Kansas City. It'll either be on November 20th, 21st or 23rd. These two teams split their games this year, both winning at home. Caps are in great form. We'll see if they can go on a playoff run and keep the magic going. Canucks and Dallas Stars at Rogers Arena tonight. No Luke Shen at the morning skate, so there's no word really from Travis on Shen's absence or availability tonight. Justin Dowling has been activated off injured reserve, so Nick Patan sent back down to Abbotsford. The Canucks 1-4 and four on home ice so far. That's the worst home record in the young NHL season. NFL today, Hawks uh, have the bye. The Seahawks watching other NFC West foes in action. Arizona lost last week for the first time. You saw Kyler Murray on the sidelines. A late scratch. James Conner, though, with a 13-yard uh, TD run, one of two majors for him in the first half. Arizona led 14-0. Conner had a big day, takes the short pass from... Backup quarterback Colt McCoy and then does the rest, a 45-yard touchdown. Cards take down the 49ers 31-17, to and Arizona improves to 8-1. and Packers and Chiefs, Green Bay without Aaron Rodgers, out with COVID, so Jordan Love at quarterback, first NFL start. But it's the Chiefs who score first, Patrick Mahomes to Travis Kelsey, 13-0 at the half, and they hold off the Packers 13-7. So Green Bay now 7 and 2, and the Chiefs go to 5 and 4. Bills and Jaguars from Jacksonville. Buffalo is a 14 point favorite, but it was a terrible day for Bills quarterback Josh Allen under big pressure, and he's picked off by the Jags, Josh Allen. First time in NFL history a player has intercepted a pass from a guy who shares his same name. No kidding. The defense of Josh also had a sack and a fumble recovery, and he was the difference by Josh in a huge 9-6. Jags upset. Battle of Ohio Browns and Bengals, and it was Cleveland making some massive plays, none bigger than this Denzel Ward interception at the goal line. But he's not done, not nearly done, as he takes it all the way back it's a 99-yard pick-six return, and Cleveland took the lead 7-0, and they never look back. Baker Mayfield, even though he's got a bad, non-throwing shoulder, his right shoulder just fine as he goes deep for Donovan Jones-Peoples for a 60-yard score, 41-60 in the final. Both teams now 5-4. and four. NBA today. Raptors taking on Steve Nash's Brooklyn Nets. Pascal Siakam playing his first game of the year after offseason shoulder surgery. He had 15 and 25 minutes. Fred Van Vliet with the great stutter step and basket here. Raptors look good. Seven-point lead at the half, but Kevin Durant took over in the second half. He had 31 to lead the Nets, and they beat the Raptors 116-103. Some EPL action. West Ham hosting Liverpool. West Ham off to a great start and they prove they're for real today. Tied at one in the second half. Pablo Fornals makes it 2-1. West Ham and they are loving it there. And seven minutes later off the corner kick. Kurt Zuma makes it 3-1. West Ham hang on for the 3-2 win handing Liverpool its first loss of the EPL season. West Ham climbs over Liverpool into third place. Final round of the PGA event at Beautiful Mayakoba White in uh, Mexico. It was a brilliant short, performance by young Norwegian Victor Hovland. He ran away with it. Bends in the birdie here at 17. 23 under par. A four-shot win over Mexican, oh, Mexican Carlos Ortiz. Academic, anyway. Hovland's yeah. third tour win. Nick Taylor was 33rd. Adam Stenson 45th. And Adam Hadwin was 56th. Formula One Mexican Grand Prix, a familiar storyline, another battle between the top two drivers, Max Verstappen and uh, Lewis Hamilton, and it was Verstappen getting the win. He started third on the grid, but not for long, makes the pass to get in the lead right off the start of the race, and he never looked back, beating the second place Hamilton by a whopping 16 seconds. Verstappen extends his point lead to 19 over Hamilton. Canada's Lance Stroll was 14th. Well, last night, we touched on the fantastic performance by Surrey wrestler Anna Godinez-Gonzalez, who won the World U23 Championship in the women's 62-kilo weight class just this past Friday. Jay Janauer reports her triumph is even more remarkable when you factor in wrestling was down for the
1: count during the pandemic. This was the reception Anna Godinez-Gonzalez received at Simon Fraser University. Anna all smiles a day after winning the U23 Women's World Wrestling Championship in Belgrade, Serbia. Down 5-0 in the championship match, Anna battled back to win 10-7 and capture gold over her Ukrainian opponent.
9: I had to change my game plan a little bit. I could see that she was getting a bit tired. It fueled me to, you know, push harder to score and I just made it happen
5: this is huge you know the uh for us to be coming out of the pandemic trying to rebuild the sport and have a bc wrestler go all the way to the world championships and win uh is huge she's done all of her wrestling here in bc uh and you know we're just so happy and so proud
1: of all the sports that were disrupted due to the covid pandemic wrestling and those on the mat doing the grappling were hit the hardest. Social distancing just doesn't work in this sport. So for over a year, the sport basically ground to a halt, which makes Anna's world championship victory even more impressive, and will hopefully help kickstart the upcoming high school and collegiate wrestling seasons.
5: I mean, wrestling's had, uh, you know, a tough go for the last couple of years, obviously with COVID. You know, socially distance and uh, wear a mask and, and be on the mat. So pretty much. Almost no wrestling activity for about 18 months, so really challenging for all of our high performance athletes that wanted to train. For the most part, you know, we're in rebuild mode, we're trying to get kids back on the mat, and, and, and this is something that's so exciting with, with Anna's success to, for kids to be able to see, you know, what, what possibilities are out there. Uh, and the fact that right now it's just the very beginning of the high school season, so if a kid sees her story and is inspired, they can go find a team and start wrestling tomorrow.
9: Yeah, it's super exciting. Um, I really want. Uh, women's wrestling to grow in Canada and in BC, it's you know, it's becoming a huge thing in um, the US and I want it to become that big of a thing here as well, so I, I'm glad I can be a role model for that.
0: Jay Janowar, Global Sports.
10: Great
1: story and that's it for
10: sports, Neetu.
0: Thanks Barry and we'll be right back with the NHL's oldest rookie and his BC family cheering him on.
10: This is BC with Jay Durant, brought to you in part by Fortis BC, BC's energy solutions provider.
0: A BC family was recently able to cheer on their loved one in person soon after he was called up to the big leagues. Here's Jay Durant with tonight's This is BC.
1: You could call him the NHL's oldest rookie. At 62, Doug Agnew is one of the new guys this season with the Nashville Predators. After 32 years as an athletic trainer with the Milwaukee Admirals, Agnew finally got the call-up this offseason. You know, you pretty much had to go. When, when the NHL calls, you, know, you you have to, you know, it's not, a, it's not a burden to go. You know, you really, it's kind of your, your career goal. He had been in Milwaukee since 1989 after getting a job offer from Pat Quinn and the Canucks back when Milwaukee was a Vancouver affiliate. He said yes immediately. Got back, I told the wife I'm going
5: I'm going to Milwaukee.
1: She's great. How much are you getting paid? Geez, I don't know. I didn't even ask. <laughs> Doug had his own cheering section for the Preds game against the Canucks. Family came in from all over the province.
9: It's like once in a lifetime thing to see your brother in the NHL.
1: Welcome to It was his brother Jason who helped us revive an old classic promo video from Milwaukee. <laughs> He just shook his
10: head. He, just, uh, he didn't do that. He goes, don't show him that. I go,
3: well, yeah,
1: it's
10: part of history. You got it's, it's on the web now, so you're part of history. You can't take it down.
1: I kind of thought it would have dropped off the internet and nobody would find it again, but obviously you did some research. Agnew has always tried to keep it fun at work, especially when guys are dealing with injuries. But things are a little more serious in the NHL. Because there's a lot of things to make fun of. <laughs>
3: <laughs> a lot of things. <laughs> it's
1: hard. It's hard to bite your tongue sometimes. You just wait for the guy to leave, and then you then you crackle four or five quick one-liners. A... The Predators haven't come to him for a promo video yet, but the rookie will be ready if they do. <laughs> do you still have it? Do you still have the moves? Oh, I got a few of them, yeah, yeah. It just hurts a little bit more the next day
3: than than yesterday.
1: Jay Durant, Global News.
0: Over and over. If you know someone who has a great story to tell or something unique to BC that people need to know about, you can email your ideas to jay at thisisbc at globalnews.ca. Thanks so much for joining us all. Jordan will be here at 11. Have a great night.